Good afternoon, Mizzou fans, internet friends, whatever you would like to be called on this fine Wednesday afternoon. Gabe DeArmond here with Sean Williams on the other side of the screen. This is the first day in that I can remember that we do not expect a Missouri commitment in either football or basketball. So we thought it would be a good day to get together and talk about what's going on, answer your guys' questions, set the scene in recruiting, all that. Here's what I like, Sean, when we start a show and somebody has already paid us money to do a show we hadn't even done yet. Like we could legitimately just say, Jared, thanks for the, thanks for the hat tip, man. <laughs> We're out. So Sean, if you want to do that, man, just, just click end and we are finished. Honestly, thank Gabe. We can earn more money if uh, you just take your shirt off. <laughs> That's honestly not where I saw this show going. Um, so we're going to remain fully clothed and we're going to talk about Mizzou recruiting for the next however long. If you've got questions, comments, whatever, throw them in the queue. We will get to them. Thanks to everybody who's joining us live. If you are watching on the podcast, uh, or if you're watching on YouTube later, hit the like button, subscribe to the channel. If you listen on the podcast that we'll put up later on, just leave us nice reviews, say incredibly positive things about uh, Sean and myself, because I don't know if it helps anything, but we like it. So thanks for saying nice things. Uh, Sean, it's been a, a busy week. Do we focus on the fact that Missouri has added, what, seven players in five days? Or do we focus on the fact that Hey, it's a good thing Missouri added seven play players in five days because they kind of needed to. Yeah, I think it's. Uh, I think it, the truth can be told in both statements, actually. So, uh, yeah, I mean, we kind of thought about doing a, uh, you know, one of these videos like uh, back uh, about a week ago, and uh, I'm I'm glad we kind. I kind of said, yeah, let's wait a little bit. Let's wait till after the week, the the last official visit weekend, and we'll see what happens. And uh, yeah, they've done a really good job. The Gold Rush weekend has really helped them out on the recruiting trail. You know, going into that weekend, they had three commitments, and now they have ten. Uh, you know, their class is still 60th, so there's still some work to be done there. But uh, obviously, they're still in on some high-profile guys like Ryan Wingo, Williams Nawarne, and uh, But they got uh, they got one of their high-profile guys uh, yesterday in James Madison, Rivals 250 wide receiver, obviously a Kansas City native. And uh, that was a big get for Missouri and obviously kind of completed the St. Thomas Aquinas trifecta. Uh, for the Tigers, uh, yeah. getting his uh, getting his two teammates as well, and then you got Cameron Keys too, who committed yesterday. So you got, you know, out of the ten kids in the class right now, you got four of them from Florida, and that's a really good thing for Missouri to kind of establish their foothold there, and maybe they can get some more guys from uh, a talent-rich state like Florida to come into their recruiting class. Some, you know, that's a state they've kind of had hits and misses on. You know, they haven't really had a lot of big success there, so to have four guys in in a, in a recruiting class from Florida is a pretty big deal. Yeah, we'll uh, we'll kind of run through all the individual news over the last week. Uh, we'll we'll go kid by kid, but just like broad view, they've gotten seven commitments in, in the last week. Which one of them jumps out to you? Which one do you look at and say that one? That's a big deal. Uh yeah, I would think James Madison. I mean, he would be the most yeah. obvious one. Um, just because you're kind of going up against Florida State against, you know, with him. And, you know, you think, well, he's in Florida now. He's at Florida State. Maybe he stays in the state of Florida, you know, even though he's from Kansas City. But getting him, you kind of – but you kind of saw the writing on the wall a little bit whenever, you know, he's got <laughs> – you know, whenever his teammates, you know, Bodford uh, commits and then Rodriguez commits right afterwards. So, um, and, you know, he's on social media kind of pumping that up. So you kind of, kind of saw the writing on the wall to get him. But still, I mean, that's kind of a good – to get him is just super key just because he's been such a big uh, focus for Missouri, you know, for a long time now, obviously being, uh, you know, from Kansas city and uh, being able to kind of land him and make him come back home and play. So does that help out with Ryan Wingo down the road? And you got like a nice little group of wide receivers kind of like from the in-state area or that have ties, to, have ties to the state, you know, I mean, to, to kind of fill out your roster, that's a pretty big deal. So we'll see what happens down the road there. So Madison's obviously the, the highest rated kid. Um, but I'm going the other direction. The one that jumped out to me is Nick Rodriguez, uh, mm -hmm. linebacker, four-star kid, highly rated, um, same school. But when you looked at his recruiting profile, official visit to Louisville, official visit to West Virginia, official visit to Ohio state that as far as I know, did happen on June 2nd. Now look, yeah. could he have committed to Ohio state if he wanted to? I have absolutely no idea. Doesn't matter if you're Missouri. He took mm. it 
visit there yourself. <laughs> hey, we just beat Ohio State on the recruiting trail. But point is, this is a kid a lot of people wanted, you know, um, at a position where I think Missouri hasn't always necessarily gotten super highly rated guys. And that's receivers. I mean, receiver to me is the most kind of replaceable position on a college football team. I mean, they got a bunch of dudes. Guys are going to catch passes, right? And it's also very reliant on you have to have the time to block. You have to have the quarterback that can get it there. So I, I just look at linebacker maybe being a little bit more important than getting a receiver, saying nothing about Madison specifically. I'm sure he's a good player, all that. But um, Rodriguez was the the one that jumped out to me. So let's kind of just go kid by kid. And we're not looking to spend five minutes on all these, but just for <laughs> anybody that for some reason, you know, has not been watching our every move for the last seven days, which you should have been, because I'm just going to tell you, we, we said the 10 days ago, I set the over under on 11 days at football and basketball commitments at 8.5. We're currently at eight with another three decisions coming in the next couple of days. Mm-hmm. Um, we are also, to my knowledge, the only media outlet that actually talked to all eight of these kids. Um, thanks to, to John Garcia down in Florida, hooking us up with interviews with some of those guys. But we talked to every one of these kids before the commitment was public, told you uh, what to expect. So like, look, I would say not to toot our own horn, but absolutely, that's what it's for. Subscribe. I mean, it's that's, our that's show. I mean, we can right. We can toot our own horn whenever we want to, man. If we <laughs> want to sit here for thirty minutes and tell you guys that we think we're awesome, then we're going to do that. Let's but pat each gonna... other. Let's pat each other on the back on three. Ready? One, two, three. <laughs> there you go. I I don't know how to do that virtually, but I would do it. Um, <laughs> so so let's run through these kids. Uh, first one on board officially was Jude James, athlete from St. Charles. Um, he was a kid that Missouri just offered not too long before he visited. So mm-hmm. we kind of saw that as soon as he scheduled that visit, we saw the writing on the wall. But the interesting part about him is he said, hey, they haven't decided where I'm going to play. I could be a tight end. I could be that star hybrid safety linebacker. Uh, so versatile kid. And, and I think that's kind of a theme we've seen, especially with like the defensive back type kids in the last yeah. two classes is a lot of these kids are coming in and they're going – like even Jordan Harris last year, you know, 6'7", 230, they're like, could be tight end, could be a defensive end. We just think he's a football player. Right. Yeah, I mean, like you kind of mentioned secondary guys. It's almost like most of those guys aren't really – they're not saying cornerback or safety. They're just saying, hey, we can see you playing both, you know, we'll just kind of figure it out when you get there. But, yeah, James, I mean, obviously he had like – you can kind of – Look at his film. I mean, I, he could play on both sides of the ball, honestly. He's just that athletic. I mean, I think he'll probably end up on the defensive side, but I don't know. I mean, just because his stats are – he had like 120 tackles, well, so like it's playing safety. So, I, mean, I mean, look, if, if he was going to be on campus tomorrow, he'd probably play tight end because Missouri needs somebody who well, can. But by the time <laughs> he gets here, who knows? <laughs> it's true. They do need tight ends. And, you know, he, he's got the frame to grow into a tight end, you know, to add, that, add good weight and become a, pr- a pretty good tight end. You know, and that – Here's the thing. I watched him play last year, you know, when I went and watched Brett Northfleet play, uh, you know, in their game. Um, and uh, he looked good. You know, I, I knew he, he like at the time he already had some Mac offers. So I, I kind of kept an eye on him, but he had a good frame and he was one of the best players on the field at night. You know, they used him in a lot of different ways. He played, you know, he played defense, played offense. They had him do some, uh, you know, they had him do some reverse runs and stuff like that. I mean, he was just kind of everywhere on the field. So, uh, yeah, it was a good get. You know, for him, you know, it's like he got a chance to kind of show Missouri's coaches what he could do in person twice because I think he went to one of their elite camps early in the early in June, and then you know they, his team returned for a seven on seven tournament at Missouri uh, later uh, that month, and then you know they offered him like a few days later. So. Uh, yeah, Missouri was his only Power Five offer, but he had a lot of like uh, G five offers, like from Mac schools, Conference USA, stuff like that. So, uh, really good kid. So, yeah, Missouri got in there, and obviously, you know, w- once you kind of offer him your only Power Five offer, and you ca- and you kind of turn right around and take that official visit, you kind of know what's the running's kind of on the wall for that. But yeah, it's a really good pickup for them. Uh, next one on on the board was that same day, 6'1", 185-pound three-star safety, Jackson Hancock. This one to me is a, hey, you either trust your coaches or you don't, right? right. I mean, Hancock's next, next best offer was probably Troy, but this wasn't a, we need somebody to fill the class on December 18th off. Missouri offered this kid in March, had him right. for an unofficial visit in March. So this is clearly, 
the Missouri coaches think they see something that the rivals evaluators don't. And look, the Missouri coaches are the Missouri coaches because theoretically they should know more than the rival. I, I respect <laughs> the people who do our rankings, Sean included, but uh, they should know more. So, you know, yeah, you can look at this and say, well, I, I got a few questions, but again, they offered him in March. They obviously think the kid can play. Yeah, I mean, they were on him, but we, you know, he came in. I can't remember if he came in for the spring game or not off the top of my head, but I, know, I do know he came in March. I talked to him after he visited. Uh, you know, I think he'd been talking to Blake Baker for, uh, I mean, maybe a month or two before then, you know, before he came in and got the offer. So, yeah, they've loved him for a long time, uh, you know, getting him back on campus. So, yeah, you're, you're right. You know, this is going to be kind of one of those situations where, hey, we'll see how, how good the coaches are at evaluating talent because obviously, you know, Rivals didn't really evaluate him, you know, I guess very well, you know, because, I mean, he Missouri's his only power five offer. So we're going to kind of, you know, this is where we'll figure out, you know, how good are the coaches at evaluating talent. We'll figure that out in a few years with him. No question. Uh, next one was was Cam Dooley, uh, 6'4", 195 pound. We've got him as an athlete. I, I think he's going to play defense, whether that is, I mean, 6'4 is tall for a safety could right. develop into a linebacker, I think. You know, somebody brought up defensive end. I thought, hey, I don't know that you come in at 195 pounds and, and turn right. into an SEC defensive end necessarily. But picked Missouri over Vandy and Kentucky, which was a little bit of a theme this week. And look, those are like, especially Kentucky, like those are the recruiting battles you have to win if you're Eli Drinkwitz. I mean, you're not going to go get a ton of kids that have Alabama and Georgia and Ohio State offers. And you get some now and again. Mm-hmm. But, like, the teams that you're trying to catch in this league are Kentucky, South Carolina. You're trying to stay ahead of Arkansas, Vanderbilt. So, like, those are recruiting battles you need to win. Missouri won this one. Yeah, yeah. And I, I think, uh, obviously, you know, Missouri offered him in the spring. But, you know, I remember I've talked to him a little bit just because, you know, for Vanderbilt purposes. And, you know, uh, he didn't visit Missouri before. You know, in, in like, Vanderbilt, Kentucky, he's visited, he visited those schools in the spring. So he's a little bit more familiar with – those schools and then you know like after he took his Vanderbilt official like before that he didn't tell me anything about taking a visit to Missouri and then all of a sudden he's like yeah I'm gonna take a official to Missouri so really good win for Missouri to kind of get him in a little bit late when he I guess he wasn't kind of quite on the radar in terms of taking an official visit early in June Mm -hmm. Uh, but to get him on campus make a big impression and then they you know they ended up getting a commitment from him so yeah those are recruiting battles you want to win you want to beat other SEC teams for a kid like that. I want to invite you guys again, questions, comments, put them in the queue. We will get to them. Just kind of want to run through and give everybody the thumbnail sketch on on these commitments. We're about halfway done with it. Uh, Justin Bodford, defensive tackle from Fort Lauderdale, was the first of those three Florida kids. I was asked this morning, has Missouri ever had three kids from the same team in the same class? Not in the rivals era that I could find, at least not a scholarship, guys. So this is is kind of a first. Bodford was the first one. He was the he was the the one where there wasn't a lot of suspense. I mean, did t- did have other Power Five offers, mm. did take a visit to Pitt in the in the spring, but kind of seemed pretty obvious once he came up here on the official visit. Like he just kind of seemed. We kind of knew that one was going to happen. Yeah, um, and basically, you know, what we do, we like to stalk Instagram accounts and stuff like that. So, I mean, uh, when it comes to stalking Instagram accounts from the official visitors uh, over the Gold Rush weekend, um, Bodford's was definitely the most active in terms of uh, he was really enjoying his visits and taking pictures and videos and everything Mm -hmm. like that. So you could kind of tell that one was coming. (coughs) Excuse me. Sean, Sean, Sean's excited <laughs> about this one. I've been on a streak of like choking on my spit and water of late, okay. so I don't know what's wrong with me. But, okay. but yeah, he, he, had a good, uh, he had a good, you know, offer list in terms of Power 5. Now, he didn't, you know, like I said, kind of took a visit to Pitt. I think West Virginia is another spring visit he took. Uh, didn't take any other officials but except to Missouri, but still – uh, obviously this is going to be one of those where Missouri coaches liked him and they really wanted him in the class and uh, thought he was good enough to be in there. And we'll see what happens. You know, we'll see how he develops in two or three years. Yeah. Talked about Nick Rodriguez a little bit, so we won't do too deep on that, but um, I will, kind of say, a situation in- I will say, I will say with Rodriguez, uh, uh, I was going to throw that in there whenever you got done earlier, but you know, the thing about Rodriguez is he was kind of a late offer for Missouri. You know, they didn't offer him like June 11th. So that was kind of a big deal too. You know, you talked about, you know, he had other officials that he took, including Ohio State and Louisville, 
but yeah, I mean, just to kind of throw an offer out there and Juno Levis, get him on campus uh, for the last weekend there and then get a commitment from him was a pretty big deal for Missouri. Yeah, and uh, clearly uh, an instance where Rivals is the superior uh, recruiting service because we have him a good 40 or 50 spots higher than anybody else does. Now, we'll get to another instance where that's not the case. Look, rankings, they're all subjective, right? Like, maybe we're right on Nick Rodriguez. Maybe other people are right on Nick Rodriguez. Who knows? Uh, But, like, here's what I've rediscovered this week. The best recruiting service is the one that likes the kid you got that day the most, right? Because (laughs) Nick Rodriguez is a four-star because we have him as a four-star. Other people might not. There's other kids that we don't have as a four-star, but they're four-star somewhere else. So they're just all four-stars, man. You end up signing 24 four-stars because somewhere there's a four-star. They're all four-stars on social media. so. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) Even though though nobody can see it anymore. Um, (laughs) Sean talked about James Madison some. Look, this is – I think it's it's a big deal, like – especially in a year where Missouri is obviously struggling in state. There's a couple kids, three kids still out there that who knows the way it could go. But right now, I mean, let's just be honest about things. They've struggled in the state, but they've gotten a kid who used to live in the state, then moved away and now is coming back. And I, you know, some comments from him that like, that was a big selling point for Missouri was the chance to come back here and mm-hmm. play football in front of James Madison's family. And I mean, I, look, normally I bitch about kids who commit on July 4th. I mean, James Madison had to commit on July 4th. That, that was, there was, was no way he could commit on any other day. It was definitely the perfect storm. And really, honestly, I, I like the way he's played up to the July 4th announcement. Obviously, it kind of caused himself prez, you know, for obvious mm-hmm. reasons. And, you know, I loved his video, too. And, I mean, he just put out a tweet today where it's like um, he had, like, I think he put like the cabinet or something like that. And he had like okay. a picture of him and then Rodriguez and Bodford behind him in suits and stuff. So <laughs> um, I really actually liked, uh, I really liked the kid's social media presence and, you know, just kind of embracing the whole presidential role and, and kind of marketing himself based off that. So I think it's pretty cool. Yeah. I mean, look, if, if you're going to call yourself Prez, like you got to go out and back it up on the field, right? Right. But, uh, Hey, you know, wide receivers are not necessarily known for their being understated type of players. So uh, <laughs> good for him. Finished up yesterday. And and like I said, we're going to get to the opposite of Nick Rodriguez, which is Cameron Keys, who's ranked as a four star by some. We have him as a three star, but defensive back. This kid's straight cornerback, six foot, 160. You know, um, so that's where he's going to play. But another one that, that had a Vandy visit, had a Kentucky mm-hmm. visit and ended up choosing Missouri at a place where I think Missouri has a lot of guys. So Cameron Keys is a guy you look at and say, hey, you've got a year or two to to work this kid into the rotation. Like, it's not a position where they're going to necessarily need somebody to show up and play day one in 2024. Yeah, yeah, I agree. You look at Keys, and it seems like, you know, you mentioned all three of those schools, you know, uh, Kentucky, Vandy, Missouri. He visited – he really liked all three of those schools. He visited all three of them in, in the spring. Uh, he came back and did officials during the during the summer, and Missouri won out. So that, like I said, uh, that's a battle Missouri needs to win on uh, most occasions, and they did on this one. So you kind of kind of throw that one in there with Cam Dooley as well, who kind of had the same three schools uh, he was choosing yeah. from among his finalists. So, and like kudos to Cameron Keys for the most 2023 recruiting announcement ever. <laughs> which is a video live stream where he picks up a Missouri hat, puts it down, picks up a Vandy hat, puts it down. And then the stream just cuts out. So like we had talked to him, we knew he was committing to Missouri, but we couldn't run our story until we had actual proof that it happened. <laughs> and once that live stream cut out, I like, we just had to wait a couple minutes to get proof that it happened, but it did uh, seven in, in five days, uh, none expected today. Let's get quickly before we get to the question kind of what else uh, is on the on the horizon. Cole McConathy, defensive end, uh, another kid, I believe, from Florida, or from Alabama. He's from Spanish yeah. Fort, Alabama. Yeah. He's going to choose between Missouri and Louisville. Um, I checked with somebody a couple days ago and was told, look, he's not telling anybody till the day he decides. So we don't know where he's going to go. He has been pretty active on Twitter and on social media with Missouri, but also has been with Louisville. So mm-hmm. I don't have a great feel for the way this one's going to go. Yeah, yeah, I think uh, yeah, we could 
probably sit there and say it goes either way. Maybe Missouri wins out because they got the last visit, but we really don't know. It's going to be a situation where obviously it seems like he's going to stay pretty tight-lipped until he uh, announces his commitment. So we'll see what happens there. Yeah, a couple other, a uh, couple of running backs have visited the last weekend, and the next few days have uh, announcements scheduled. Johan Cardenas um, is announcing on Friday it's going to be either Missouri or Vanderbilt. I talked to him after his official. He said I didn't think anything could match Vandy, but Missouri did a really good job. There's been some talk on our message board. Somebody says they know somebody that thinks it's kind of leaning toward Vandy. I, I don't know. He hasn't responded to you. He hasn't responded yeah. to me. And Sean does some stuff covering Vandy recruiting too. So like you've got, you kind of can say, Hey, I cover both these teams. Like, just let me know what's going on. But we don't know for sure. Doesn't seem overly optimistic at this point, but, but that's just because there really hasn't been any information. Right. And with Darian Dupree, um, he's a four-star kid. Sounds like Wisconsin. I mean, he came into that Missouri visit, and most people kind of thought Wisconsin. Kind of seems that's the way coming out of it. And let's be honest, man. Running back, it's kind of hard to argue if the kid ends up going to Wisconsin, isn't it? Even though uh, it's a different regime there now, and Fickle seems right. like he wants to throw the ball a little bit more. But I'm sure the run, you know the running game is going to be accentuated. But yeah, that uh, everything I'm kind of hearing on Dupree currently is still leading towards Wisconsin. So. Yeah, so you've got those three. Uh, Brian Huff, a four-star linebacker, is set to announce July 12th, which is a week from today. It's Missouri, UCF, Arkansas, and somebody else I'm forgetting. Um, but uh, UNLV, uh, yeah. maybe? UNLV, yeah. 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 I mean, Odom coming in for the steal. <laughs> our opinion is Missouri, it's not a guarantee, but we feel like Missouri's in pretty good shape here, right? Yeah, I'm, I'm going to say Missouri or Arkansas there, uh, but I, I think Missouri's in pretty good shape. But we'll, we'll see if Arkansas tries to make a late little push there, you know, so. Yeah, so outside of that, there's only like four, five kids that have officially visited Missouri that aren't committed anywhere. Sean, do you know anything about Justin Logan and his recruitment? I know Justin Logan was supposed to go to NC State the last weekend of June. That got canceled. So I don't know where he stands with Missouri and, you know, if he's like a uh, if he's like a take for them currently or not. But Missouri, it appears that Missouri is the only official visit he's taken in June. So I'm um, not really sure what the process is going to be with him going forward, if he's going to take any visits in the fall or not. But I know his NC State visit got canceled. So. Okay, uh, Drake Kirkpatrick Jr., a cornerback out of Alabama. Yes, that is Drake Kirkpatrick, um, just the second one, but it's the one you're <laughs> thinking of that, that played SEC football. Um, as far as I know, too, his only June official visit was Missouri. We've heard Missouri feels good about it, but nothing official, no announcement date set that we know of. Yeah, I've reached out to him. He has not gotten back to me since his uh... – you know, I obviously got a hold of him after his official visit, kind of reached out to him a couple of days ago, and he hadn't got back to me yet. So uh, Missouri's only official right now, whether, you know, he's waiting around to see if any, you know, other SEC teams <laughs> come into play. I mean, during the fall, I don't know, but, you know, it, it could be a possible case where he ends up in Missouri's class. I mean, I think Missouri's the best shot right now. We'll see if anybody else gets involved there. Um, Elias Williams, a defensive end who visited, he visited Kansas, UCF, Indiana, uh, told me after his visit here that he wanted to camp at Florida State on June 29th. So that, to me, sounds like a kid who wants a Florida State offer, and if he mm -hmm. manages to get it, he's going to go to Florida State. And the other thing, like he just kind of strikes me as a kid who, who may, UCF is probably a bigger threat there than I think people would think just based on program name alone. Like I, I think there's a decent chance he stays in Florida. Yeah, UCF, if they really want him and push for him, I think they definitely will be a threat. They've done a really good job on the recruiting trail of late. I think they've got like four four-star kids in their class right now. So, I mean, they've been doing a really good job. Obviously, kind of kind of throwing the – we're in the part of the Big 12 right now, so they're technically now a Power 5 school. So, uh, watch yeah. out. Watch out, Florida, Florida State, and Miami. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Last uh, last two kids, look, we, we held the big fish for last, and then we'll get to your questions after this. Ryan Wingo, Williams, and both visited June 23rd, that, that big weekend where Missouri had 15 or 16 kids in town. Um, we talked to, I talked to Ryan four or five days after his visit. He basically said, yeah, I don't see myself deciding in the summer. You know, we also visited Texas, Georgia, Michigan. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, Texas kind of seems to be the flavor of the month. I know there has been a prediction out there, which, by the way, Ryan, for whatever that's worth, reposted to his Instagram story that somebody was predicting he would go to Texas. Um, mm-hmm. Like, I don't know. Missouri's in it. NIL's a factor. Uh, but it kind of the just reading vibe seems to be if there is a team to beat right now, it kind of seems like Texas is that team. But again, said he's not deciding for a while, so things can change. Yeah, if he's not deciding for a while, then that gives other teams opportunities to maybe sway his decision and get him on campus for an official visit during the fall because he's only taking fours. So obviously there's not, not a rule for that now. But obviously, you know, kids aren't out there taking 10 official visits because that's crazy. But right. obviously he can take another one or two if he wants to. And, you know, I mean, I think I've heard, you know, you know, Tennessee might get involved, you know, a little bit more. So you just, you never know what's going to happen. The further, further it goes out, it gives more opportunities for more teams to kind of get involved and get him on campus and sway his decisions. So, well, and look what Missouri can push here. You're talking about crazy. And look, I could do a whole show on how wild this is, but literally there's a state law that says if he signs with Missouri, he can start getting NIL money that day. So like Mm. December 20th or whatever it is. Anywhere else he goes, even if he's an early enrollee, he's going to have to wait at least three more weeks or whatever. If if he doesn't go till June, Missouri's got a six-month start where they can pay him. And like, this is not a recruiting violation. This is college football. It's perfect. It is legitimately a state law. So whatever your feelings are about that, like I promise that's that is being pushed by Missouri staff. And as it is with Nwaneri, the five-star defensive end, we've got him the number three player in the country. We haven't gotten in touch with him since his official. I Look, I tend to think it's not a great sign that the official visit schedule was altered so that he could spend his own money to fly to Atlanta and take an unofficial visit to Georgia. Um, now, people say, well, he had a family thing going on there. Yeah, he might have, but he visited yeah. Georgia. But he visited you know, Georgia. Yeah, that's the thing. You're like, I mean, yeah, you got a family thing, but yeah, I'm going to swing by campus and check out Georgia right. again. <laughs> and the, the official visit to Missouri was like, he made Alter. it. He was here for 48 hours, but the schedule was changed and he visited Georgia. I still think Oklahoma is a major, major factor there. From what I've heard, Tennessee is a possible factor there. So if we're going either, neither, or both with Wingo and Winery, I might put neither in the lead, but if I'm going either, I certainly think the chances are better with Wingo than they are with Williams Nwaneri. Yeah, I kind of agree. Just because, yeah. I mean, not to, not, I don't tend to overreact with future casts or crystal balls or right. anything like that. But obviously, you know, we're talking about Texas here being kind of a, a contender for Wingo, and that's kind of been thrown out there. So, yeah, I'd probably go with, I hate to be the bearer of bad news and agree with you, but I'd probably go with neither right now. But I mean, the further Wingo waits, uh, kind of be interested to see how that goes. And obviously with Nawarney, um, you know, he's supposed to take an official visit to Oregon in September. Whether that happens or not, I don't know. It may not. It may. Who knows? And, and look, a summer commitment has never been more meaningless, honestly, in the age, first of all, of NIL. Again, Missouri mm-hmm. is going to push this to these kids. We can pay you faster than anybody else can pay you. And secondly, like Sean said, I mean, unlimited official, well, basically 10 official visits reset or five reset on September 1st. So like I I had somebody tell me they were talking to a coach the other day that said, yeah, it's great to get these kids come September 1st. Like they can go take five more visits if they want to. It's going to be every bit as hard to hang on to them. as So Mm -hmm. like, look, a three-star kid who didn't have a lot of offers probably isn't taking five official visits, (laughs) but Williams Nguyen is the number three kid in the country. If he just wants to go get wined and dine five more times, nobody is going to tell him he can't. So, you know, I'm not sure how much it really matters until like December. Well, you know, and and you're talking about Nguyen and Wingo, they're both five-star kids. They can wait as long as they want to to make a decision, you know, and then the longer they wait, the more teams can come in and say, hey, come on an official visit because, you know, you can take as many as you want right now. So that'll be interesting to see how it kind of works out with the five-star kids that are still uncommitted. And, you know, will they take more than, you know, the usual five official visits since they can now? And who else kind of gets involved with them throughout the rest of the summer and the fall? So we'll see what happens. Well, and and again, if you're not 
a five-star kid like that. Like if, if one of these kids that committed to Missouri in the last seven days says, Hey, I'm going to take four more visits. Like there's a pretty decent chance. Missouri coaches go, well, cool. You're not committed to us. We're going to recruit <laughs> over you if we can. You know, yeah. I mean, there is a food chain here and the right. higher up you are on the food chain, the more you're allowed to take other visits. You the know? more you um, can, the more you can get away with in terms of making people wait and, and taking other visits. So yeah. Jordan rules without question. So, all right, we spent the first half of the show kind of giving you some of our thoughts, catching you up on everything. We're going to spend the second half trying to, to get to all your questions. I know there have been a bunch, if you've got them, you know, feel free to, to post them in the queue. We're just going to start running through them. Uh, Bradley says, do you think Missouri used a different recruiting strategy this year? I don't. I mean, other than the fact that, yes, NIL, everybody's using a different recruiting strategy as far as NIL, right. transfer portal being a thing. But, like, no, I, I don't really think they used a different strategy. I think they got off to a slower start. And and I think it's pretty easy to explain why, Sean. They're three years in and they're 17 and 19. Like, the first couple, three years, they're selling hope, development, mm-hmm. all that. Now these kids want to start seeing, hey, you're better than a six and six football team. And that is not saying that nine and three would necessarily change a whole bunch of kids' minds, all that. I'm not sure it would. But point being, the product on the field has to start translating if Missouri is going to keep recruiting at the level they did on paper for the first two or three years under Drinkwitz. Yeah, I think recruiting strategies, like I said, it's going to be pretty much the same across the board. I don't think anything's different with Missouri. I think the thing that will be, di- you know, I think the thing that would be different this year as opposed to previous years, if they won eight games last year, you yeah. know, and you know, you see progress and you win a bowl game. Uh, you know, winning, <laughs> winning cures a lot of things. You know, we can talk about NIL all we want to, but. Um, you know, kids want to see a good product on the field too, and know that they're going to come into a good situation and they can, uh, they're going to win some games and have some fun. So, you know, that hasn't translated yet in Missouri's, uh, Missouri's tenure or Drinkwitz's tenure. So yeah, they need to start being above 500 and need to start winning some bowl games and get some uh, momentum on that regard. Well, and I've always said, there's only two recruiting strategies. Strategy one is we're on top. You can help us stay there. Strategy two is we're not on top. You can help us get there. Now, strategy three is, hey, we can pay you more than they can pay, you, right? right? Like we can take pictures of you with gold bars on your official visit, you know? So uh, so that's the, that's the new strategy, but everybody's using that. Uh, where, would you rank than, to go, where would you rank the gold bar photo shoot, Gabe, on I your mean, list of photo shoots? <laughs> it's solid. I'm waiting for the team that just dumps bags of cash out and has kids <laughs> laying it. It's legal now. Just have, um, have strippers on poles and cash, you know, just hanging out. Hey, it worked, it worked for KU. They ain't on probation. Uh, D- Morgan wants to know, do you think this many June-July commitments lead the NCAA to move up the early signing day? I, I don't know, man. I, I, I really – I'm in favor of – you know, and I know that there's a report out there that, like, they're getting rid of – they might get rid of the National Letter of Intent, which – I've always said no kid should ever sign a national letter of intent. That doesn't help the kid at all. It only helps the school. Mm-hmm. I think maybe they get rid of the signing day. Maybe it's just, hey, when you want to sign. Now, you can't sign as a sophomore in high school. You've got to be right. summer before your junior year. But starting June 1st, or before your senior year, I'm sorry. Starting June 1st, before your senior year, the day you commit, you want to sign, go ahead and sign. You're locked in. You're done. Nobody else can talk to you. Right. Um, I don't know if they'll do that, but like, they just change things every two years. And then when they make a change, they go, oh man, here's a whole bunch of problems with this that we didn't see coming. So let's make another change to that. They don't know. Nobody knows what the hell they're doing. Yeah. It's tough to come up with like a, with like a, just a, you know, a routine or whatever. And, you know, cause you're going to have problems with anything you kind of do. Uh, I do like that. I do like the idea of if the kids that want to commit and they're a hundred percent locked in, go ahead and sign your national letter of intent and nobody can, uh, Nobody can, uh, you know, talk to you after that. But, I mean, I don't know. There's not really a great, I guess, one way to really kind of, you know. Fix it. Right? Fix yeah. it, yeah. I mean, there's no there's no quick fix or anything like that. I mean, it's just kind of like, hey, you just got to kind of play with certain ideas and then you'll figure out if they work or not and then you'll change them, you know, so. I, I'd be fine with the early signing day going away and just going back to when it was the first Wednesday in February. Just do it then. I mean, this whole December thing is stupid. The one thing it can't be is stay in December because by the time anybody involved with college football gets to the end of December, and that includes like us, we're done, man. We're cashed out. We got no energy left. Imagine the coaches. They're trying to prepare for bowl games. 
figure out who's going to the NFL, sign all the kids they've got committed, finish recruiting the high school kids. Oh, by the way, the damn transfer portal just opened. Right. Who's leaving? It's I think so. Uh, they got to change the December thing. Yeah, December is definitely not the best time to have any kind of signing day or anything like that because you're dealing with so much. You know, especially the like you said, the teams that are going to bowl games and then transfer portal. You just have to. I mean, that's another huge, you know, a huge thing to deal with. And that you know, unless the portal thing gets, you know, the entering the portal kind of changes on the dates. I mean, that's just going to be a big thing to to have to deal with. You know, people coming in and out. So. And, like, I know nobody cares about this, but these are human beings. Like, Sean, I was texting people on December 23rd last year going, I bought zero Christmas presents. Like, I've got to, you know, and think about Eli Drinkwitz trying to have family with this. Now, he makes $6 million a year. Maybe you just pay somebody to do a shopping. I don't know. But, I mean, you I know, would. The, point, <laughs> the point is, like, these are human beings with families, too, right. you know, amongst all this. Uh Craig says, is drink back or is this runs momentum magnified because of the premature hand on the panic button. Now, look, guys, I don't, like I would say, our goal is to bring you guys up when you're really down and bring you down a little bit when you're too high. But like, I don't want to be the constant wet blanket here, but this class still has 10 commitments in this rank 60th in the country. That's after adding two four stars. I mean, this run, it all happened in a short period of time, but like this class, let's not say this is back to where his last two or three recruiting classes have been, because if you don't get Ryan Wingo or Williams, Nwaneri, I'm still not sure this is a top 40 recruiting class. I, this is still 15th or 16th in the sec. You know, they still have fewer commitments than I think. And I don't know how many does Vandy have right now. No, Vandy's got 19. Okay. Yeah. So like they still have the fewest commitments of any team in the sec. Now this was a good run. But, like, it had to happen, and you don't judge a class. Yes, people judging the class in June were panicking, but people just saying, we've gotten seven commitments in the last five days. It's all fixed. Like, that's also premature. Let's get to December and see where this thing is. Yeah, I mean, like, right off the bat, we talked about guys that could possibly get, like, you know, we're not talking about Wingo and Nwarty. Uh They'll make a decision down the road. It's not going to be anytime soon, I don't think. But, um, you know, we mentioned Drake Patrick, Cole McConaughey. Uh, another kid we, we didn't talk about that was actually supposed to be uh, in for an official visit for the Gold Rush Recon was KV Brassard, the offensive lineman out of Louisiana. Um, I kind of touched base with him. He did, he's, a, he's a man of few words, but uh, <laughs> but uh, he, he likes to text, but he doesn't text a whole lot. But, um, yeah. but he did say, you know, everything's still going good with Missouri. Um, he said he's planning to get back, but he wasn't, he wasn't like set on a date, like whether he comes back in late July or anything like that. So he's a possibility they could add if they, if they wanted another offensive lineman. And, so, but that's still, thing- that's still just three dudes I can think of that they're, could possibly add and that would give them 13 commitments and you know you know your class isn't gonna you know it's gonna go up a little bit but it's still not gonna be still not gonna be in the 40s you know right (laughs) and 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 it's not just adding people like they're going to sign 18 20 22 kids i mean they they will but like i i did the numbers again this morning missouri currently has two four or five stars signed in this class kentucky has two vandy has none um, other than that, everybody has at least five in this class. And like you have to get some of those higher level kids. And I know people like to say the portal has made high school recruiting irrelevant. Uh, that's not true. It, you can fix some things, but high school mm-hmm. recruiting isn't just completely meaningless. You know, um, so it, it, well, I don't see this class numbers wise on signing day ranking wise being what his last two or three classes have been yeah not the projection it's going right now because you know unless they unless they hit on some kids during the fall that are uncommitted or they flip some guys you know uh it's no, it's, no, it's also not, not it's also not going to be number 60 yeah yeah i agree you know. it'd be, i think it'd be 50s though you know yeah, yeah. I mean, they might surprise I mean, us, but, you know. You, that, honestly, you can't afford 50s. I mean, right. the down year, the down years have to be like 36, 37. Right. Because Missouri was 33 last year, and that was about where Gary Pinkle usually lived. You do that for a year in this league. You do it for two, you're pushing dangerous, even with the portal. 
mm-hmm. you know, because I mean, they were 33rd in the country last year and 13th in the SEC. Like that's what this yeah. league is, guys. Right. And it's just, it, it, that's just the truth. Um, Dave wants to know if there's any chance for Tion Gray to recommit. I was asked this in my mailbag this morning. Sean, I haven't even heard the kid's name since he flipped it. So maybe, <laughs> but uh, do you know anything? I haven't. Uh, I haven't really been paying much attention to him, honestly. Uh, so yeah, I don't know. I mean, look, I wouldn't rule it out. Um, but the thing, <laughs> the thing is, you know, he's already been committed once. You know, you definitely, probably want to make sure he's actually going to sign whenever he recommits. So, but I wouldn't rule it out. You know, St. Louis kid, and he committed to Missouri initially, but. You know, does things change with Oregon down the road? I don't know. You know, we'll see. But that's definitely something that uh, Missouri could probably uh, take advantage of if it does happen. But we'll see what happens. Uh, Jimmy wants to know if this season finally puts to rest the fantasy of locking down the borders. I mean, it is a fantasy, but also you can't just pretend it doesn't matter. I mean, if if some of these – like if Ryan Wingo and Williams Nwaneri are not from Missouri, Missouri's probably not getting a visit from them. Like that's – you know, that's just, I mean, you don't take a kid because he's from in the state, but still these elite level top 250 guys, and Drinkwitz has done a better job out of state than any Missouri coach previously has getting that level of kid. But for the most part, you've got to have some sort of natural connection to a kid at that level to get him to come to Missouri. So you also, while while it's a fantasy that you're going to get all of them, you still can't just say, well, we're not recruiting the state because we're not getting them this year. Right. Yeah, I agree. I mean, you, you, you talk about guys like Wingo and, and the warning. I mean, yeah, they, they have a, they have kind of a tie to Missouri because they're close to Missouri, you know? So that's a big, that's a big thing for those guys. So, and, you know, look with wide receivers and, you know, highly ranked kids that are from the in state. I mean, Luther Burton's kind of making a big splash and just kind of Mm -hmm. showing people what NIL can do. Uh, for somebody at Missouri that's a highly ranked kid, you know, when you go there. And, and you, you know, you see Luther Burden mentioned all the time, and, you know, you see him pop up on social media with these kids. I mean, he's a big influence for these kids that are, you know, yeah. coming up the ranks here in high school. And now they need Luther to the next two years for that to happen on the field and him to be a first-round draft pick. Like, exactly. that's the only selling point. Yeah, right? if, that, if, that, if that happens and that, you know, that matriculates into a first-round pick, I mean, that that's, that's a right. huge selling point and, for Missouri. And if it doesn't happen, I'm not saying it's fair, but if it doesn't happen, what will then be said by the schools recruiting against Missouri is, yeah, sure, you can go there and make a few hundred thousand dollars, but like they didn't develop you, you know? I mean, right. that will be used if it doesn't happen. And again, I'm not saying it's fair or right. right. Uh, drink what's better when at least eight games, when you consider what is going on in Lawrence, Kansas. I just want to stop there. Are we referencing this class that is – for KU, currently number 38 in the country with a lower average star ranking than Missouri with exactly three, four stars as opposed to two is, I mean, is that what's going on in Lawrence, Kansas? That we're, I, I don't know what's going on in Lawrence, Kansas that Missouri fans should be so concerned about. I think he means just wins on the field and going to bowl games. And <laughs> They went to one? <laughs> I'm pretty sure they lost it. Maybe they won it. I don't remember. But I mean, I, oh, so they're I, on I, equal I, footing, maybe? I mean, <laughs> no, I mean, look, I, I think Lance Leipold's a hell of a coach, but like, I think so he too. got some digging to do before they're on equal footing with a lot of people. Right. But yeah, he, off to a good start. We'll see how he does in the sophomore yeah. uh, sophomore season in Kansas. Yeah. Look, and, and like nothing that Missouri football does should be because of what's going on in Lawrence, Kansas. It should be Fayetteville, <laughs> Arkansas, Lexington, Kentucky, Columbia, South Carolina. Those are the first three places you start. Uh Seems drink may have caught lightning in a bottle with making these guys a batch of recruits when you don't have the brand of some other SEC schools. Group persuasion is good. I mean, look, I, I tend to th- I don't believe in pipelines really. I tend to think this is kind of a one-off having three kids all from the same program. But hey, if you're gonna get three kids from one team, that ain't a bad program to get them from. <laughs> Might as well get them from one of the best programs in the state of Florida. So yeah, uh, they definitely did that. And look, I. Throwing Cameron Keys too. That's four Florida kids. So, um, will it mean anything in the future? We'll see. But I mean, that's uh, that's a really good, uh, really good start to kind of put a foothold in Florida and have a little bit more success there than you had in previous years. Yeah. Are they pushing harder for kids because in this state because of NIL laws? I mean, it's definitely a point that's being made to these kids. Absolutely, without question. I mean, Williams Nwaneri tweeted a picture from the state capitol on his official visit. You know, so yes, it's. 
it's being a thing. Um, let's see. Thanks for the update. Can we look ahead to the season real quick? I mean, guys, we're, we're going to do that. Like Missouri goes to SEC media days in 12 days. Gerard Hamilton and I are starting weekly podcasts, uh, either right before or right after that. We are going to talk about this season to death every single week. Uh, this is mostly focused on recruiting. Yes, they need to, they need to win. Um, <laughs> they would need to win football games, you know, but beyond that, we're not going to get into breaking down positions on this and stuff like that. We, we will certainly do that. I don't want to. <laughs> fall camp. Yeah. I'll let, um, I'll let Gerard do that. <laughs> exactly. That's Gerard's job. Uh, seems we've been having more success the last few years with blue chip skill players rather than linemen. Any thoughts on why? I mean, and like, John, I, I answered a question uh, in the mailbag. Like, it is fair to look at the offensive line recruitment and say that's the position it seems like they've struggled. Now, I don't think – like, I don't buy into, well, he has a pitch that works with receivers and not offensive line. That doesn't make any sense, right? It's different right. with every individual kid. Um, the one thing I would point out is that two years ago, they signed five offensive line. They feel pretty good about some young kids like uh, Val Erickson – uh, Armand Mimbo played last year, Tristan Wilson. Like they think they have some guys coming up, but no question. Like that's a place where the recruiting needs to pick up. It's also a place that it's really hard to get four and five star offensive linemen because absolutely everybody wants them. Oh yeah. Um, offensive linemen, defensive linemen. Those are highly ranked. I mean, you get highly ranked guys at those positions. <laughs> those, a lot of teams really want those guys. I mean, you just look at the transfer portal, any lineman with experience, uh, that pops in the portal. I mean, you know, the, the blue bloods are all over them. So yeah, I mean, those, that's a premium position and yeah, they've struggled a little bit. You know, they've obviously, they brought in two guys for official visits over the, over June and they didn't get either one of those guys. Zion, Zion Brown went to Stanford, uh, William Eccles went to Ole Miss. So uh, we'll kind of see how offensive lineman kind of shapes up uh, going forward, obviously with the new offensive line coach, Brandon Jones there. Yeah. Um, Jason Franken said, if Drink doesn't sign Wingo, does this mean he has lost his Missouri connections? Thoughts, Sean? Because <laughs> my thought is just no. Like, yeah, my thought really would be no. I mean, it's, he's done the best. Look, it, you get him on campus for an official visit. He's been on campus quite a few times. He's done the best he can do. Uh, whether he ends up in Missouri doesn't mean <laughs> Drink was just going to lose his means, connections. But <laughs> Like, it means Ryan Wingo has offers from legitimately everybody. Like, there are very few schools that Ryan Winkle could call and say, I want to commit today that would say no, right. like maybe four in the whole country. So that's all that means. Uh, the higher rank kids are harder to get. Zach says, and this is our last comment, at least for now. Um, I think where the recruiting classes ends up is decided by week six of the season. So bigger point here. And like every year, especially years where, Missouri maybe has missed out on some in-state kids or some highly ranked kids. People convince themselves in July, well, all we got to do is win games and these kids are all going to come back. And truthfully, not really. Now, look, Missouri goes out and goes 11 and one this year. Yes, I believe there are some kids that would go, oh, hang on. 10 and two, <laughs> I think would do that. Eight and four, I don't think mm. anybody's, I don't think there's very many kids that are going to look and go, well, I wasn't going to go there, but. I mean, eight and four, and they beat Kansas State and Kentucky. Absolutely, I, I just don't think that exists. I think, I think four and eight would have an effect because I think four and eight could mean a coaching change. I think right. ten and two would have an effect. But in between there, like we were talking earlier about how early kids are committing, the the fact of the matter is most kids that are going to be committed somewhere by August first. Most kids with a lot of options, right? Um, and those options maybe aren't Georgia, Alabama. Right. So a lot of those kids are going to be committed before. And I just don't think seven and five or eight and four is going to, because I don't, I don't think those kids made their choice based on, well, I'm not going if they're six and six, but I'll go if they're eight and four. I, I just, right. I, I don't think that's a, I think that's something people tell <laughs> themselves to extend hope a few more months, but I, I just don't see this season barring a, an out of nowhere 10 and two season suddenly taking this from a class that we're talking about being in the low thirties or the forties to like a top 20 class. I, I just don't yeah. think that's reality. 
It's like a, it's like the situation earlier when somebody mentioned Tion Gray when he come back in the class. It's like I don't see a scenario like that playing out. That would actually change Tion Gray's mind to come back to Missouri, you know, over Oregon. You know, I don't know where Oregon's going to finish, but you know they had a good year last year. I mean, I don't know where they'll go this year. They got Bo Nix back, so. But yeah, I don't think uh, Missouri finishing like with eight wins is really going to sway whether he wants to get like flip back to Missouri in the end. So like maybe maybe eight wins, and then if Drinkwitz can go out and say, "Oh, by the way, guys, somebody just donated eight million dollars to our NIL collective." So uh, let's talk again. Like <laughs> reality, right? If right. if the reason everybody wants to jump on for losing kids is NIL, well, you want to get a lot of these kids back, find some money and go pay them more. Yeah, like I mean, that's that's just. Here's your, here's, your care, here's your care package upon signing. <laughs> yeah, no no doubt, man. Um, so I, I don't know. That That's kind of where we're at. Um, I budgeted about an hour for this because I thought it would – it's been a while. Um, so I, I thought it might kind of take that long to catch up on everything that's happened. And, and, again, there are four commitments scheduled here in the next seven days that we know about. As of right now, like – the over under on those next four, I think is one and a half. Cause I think we feel good. They're going to get Brian Huff. We don't think they're going to get Darian Dupree. Mm-hmm. So if you get one of those other two, you've hit the over, but I don't think we have a feel for it right now. Yeah. I'd say, you know, between uh, Cardenas and McConaughey, I think they got a better shot with McConaughey to be honest with you, but I, you know, Cardenas could go either way, but I, you know, he's just kind of being tight lipped and McConaughey is too. So we'll see what happens there. Yeah, so it's it's certainly been a, a busy week, but look, I mean, they've got 10 commitments. They're going to get probably 10 more. We're going to continue to cover this stuff. There are going to be visits during the season, all that. It is yep. a little bit slower, I think. I, Sean, I don't know what the calendar is, but I feel like July's kind of yeah, at Ju- least a quiet period, if not a dead period. July's like a dead period to like the very last week, and then I think they can because some some team some teams will ho- host like camps, and then other teams. Mm-hmm. I mean, Missouri might have some kids on campus. I don't know if they'll be for official visits, but I know I remember they did that last year. They had some kids come in for just visits, and uh, I don't think they were official, but they might have had a camp too. So you know, that's but the last week of July is going to be kind of like a reopening of things. So might get a little yeah. bit of action in, but maybe not much. Yeah, well, I would go five-star performance on the questions, five-star performance for Sean Williams. I don't really care what my rating is. I'm, I'm beyond that. Um, <laughs> rivals ranked me highly. Everybody else, I think, had me a little further down. Oh, uh, well, you're just a four-star on Twitter, man, so. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I it's can't like even a, read half of Twitter. I'm going to be a no-star here pretty soon. Just like everybody else. Everybody's a four-star on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. But uh, guys, appreciate you. Uh, those of us who joined, those of you who joined us live, we had a good crowd here uh, throughout. If you catch this on the replay again, like the channel or like the show, subscribe to the channel, share it on social media. Same thing on the podcast, which I'm going to put together right when we get done. Um, thanks for joining us. We'll do this with Sean again, um, you know, semi-regularly once we once we get into the season. We're going to start in a week or two here with Gerard Hamilton with the weekly football shows. So, it's been look. I know that there is no off season, but frankly, we take an off season sometimes. Uh, we are back full gear uh, here again, so we will be on. Uh, check your local YouTube listings. We'll, we'll be hitting you up now and again. So, talk to you next time.